you know, I do enjoy the variety of it, but I think more importantly, I enjoy helping the people who are behind the businesses. I mean, every business has a personality because of the people who are the owners of the businesses and the people who are working in the businesses. And when you are in a community and you can really help businesses succeed and thrive, then you're helping your community thrive as well. The business owners do better. The employees of companies do better. The community then does better. And I think that's really what I enjoy more than the tactics or even developing the strategies. There's a place in Southern Oregon filled with gorgeous natural beauty, friendly yet independent people, and a mild, comfortable climate. That place is called Grants Pass. These are the stories of the people that live and work in Josephine County. These are the movers and shakers that make this place the best. This is Grants Pass VIP. Todd Tippin is the president and owner of TMT Business Services Incorporated, a business management consulting firm with over 30 years experience in every phase and stage of business. He enjoys helping people accomplish their personal goals by helping their businesses to excel. Todd assists entrepreneurs in creating profitable results that contribute to their overall success, that success that they're looking for in their personal lives. Todd Tippin, welcome to Grants Pass VIP. Thank you very much, Brian. It's great to be here. Privileged to be a part of this program. Yeah, that, and uh, we're really happy to have you here. I, I got to meet you previously. We, we got uh, connected through a through our friend Lisa, and then um, met at another networking event. I know a little bit about you, so I'm happy to kind of guide you through this process of getting to know everyone else out there. So why don't you let everyone know a little bit about who you are and kind of where you came from, what brought you to this point? Sure. So I have been involved in business ownership and management for a number of years. Started off very young, our family, uh, unfortunately, was broken when I was very young, and it was kind of all, all hands on deck situation where everybody had to pitch in to help out the family from a very young age. And that kind of keyed an interest in business and business management from even as a, as a young adolescent uh, developing local landscaping businesses and, and newspaper routes and all the kinds of things you could do back then that were more conducive to making some money in your local neighborhood. And as I grew and developed, I went into business, uh, was acknowledged for some of my capabilities, went on to, uh, in fact, go to college and get a business degree and continue to move up the chain until uh, at about 25 years old, I bought my first company and began to run and manage my first company, which was at that time, a uh, single location in Southern California, with about three or four employees doing about 350,000 a year in total revenue. And uh, over the next years, I grew it to be six locations, almost 50 employees and almost 10 million in revenue through both organic and inorganic growth avenues. And that was really a huge catalyst to learning a tremendous amount about the requirements of operating a business. See, it's amazing to me how naive I was when I first started and how much I really discovered later that I didn't know that I didn't know when I started. And there was so much to understanding business. So uh, I invested myself. I've been a person who likes to read to learn a lot. And when I invest myself to read a lot of things, it was to try to develop the acumen for being able to run my business in all the different areas that were so demanding upon me. When you're a business owner, the final buck stops with you 
for being able to make all those decisions. And you need to get them as right as possible, as often as possible. And there are risks that go along with this. There are uh, inherent risks just being in business. And the more employees you take on and the more geography you expand into and the more products and services that you your business provides that engage with business clients or consumers that would provide you a risk at some level, you need to be prepared for all of those things. And then you need to have some kind of a, an understanding for how to continue to adapt and develop and, and grow and sometimes even pivot when things come your way that are just out of your control. So there's a lot to running a business that's just was beyond the specific core competency of why the business existed. A lot of people go into business because they're a good landscaper or they're a good baker or they're a good financial advisor or they're a good attorney, but there's so much more to running a business than just providing that basic service. And those are the things that I really endeavored to learn a lot about so that I could run the total business well. It's a really good way of putting a lot of that. (laughs) Anyone that's ever been in business in the audience knows knows exactly what you're talking about. Uh, How did you end up in Southern Oregon of all places? Well, the business I was just describing that I grew to almost 10 million uh, became a company that expanded through California and up into Oregon. And we ended up with six locations covering the West Coast. And through that process and a number of personal life circumstances, there were things going on in my personal family. I I am a family man, been married to my wife for a little over 28 years. And uh, we were having some family challenges with one of our children and a few other things what made us decide, you know what, we kind of want to get out of Southern California for a number of reasons. And as we looked around at the places that we had been, the places we like to go, Southern Oregon was very exciting to us for a place to come. We love the atmosphere here. We love the topography, the environment. Uh, the people are always easy to get along with. It was just a very nice place for us to come. And this little sunbelt down here in Southern Oregon was a very inviting place for us to come. My wife and daughter are horse fanatics. And so they wanted to have some property where we could have horses and be able to expand ourselves a little bit. And Southern Oregon provided that opportunity for us to be able to do those things. And so up here we came. That's fabulous. With your whole situation of running businesses since you were young, How did that lead into what you're currently doing today with TMT? Well, I took a number of years where I operated just my own businesses uh, out of my home and still have uh, a couple of those businesses, but I was operating those out of our home. And when my youngest uh, child graduated high school and entered college, it was no longer uh, the amount of need for me to stay home. So... It was, uh, it availed me to now figuring out what can I do to take the gifts and talents that I do have, the experience that I do have, and invest it in a community where we now live in Southern Oregon. And I decided to start looking around to see what I might be able to do to connect. And I originally connected with the uh, SBDC system where I became involved in teaching small business management and advising a number of business clients through into and through the COVID challenging season, where I was able to help a little over 120 businesses access a little more than $10 million of capital through that season. And that 
made me become a little bit more known for some of the other businesses in the community that wanted more than just advising services. And so I started a, I, well, I started, I had been doing consulting for a number of years off and on, but this now created a demand from certain clients that wanted consulting services, not just advising services. Now they came and contacted me and said, Hey, would you be willing to do more for us? And so I listened and I had some conversation with them and we made some agreements and off I went to start working with them on a consulting basis and um, providing services that they so desperately needed, whether it was access to capital or building their teams or uh, upgrading their systems and processes and writing standard operating procedures or improving sources of supply or all sorts of things, uh, improving risk management, improving facility management, uh, relocating businesses. There's been a number of things I've been involved with a lot of these businesses. And one of the first ones is doing a financial analysis. When I get a client, one of the things I like to do is take a look at the health of their business and see if they understand what they really have. And uh, quite frankly, over the years, what I've discovered is despite the fact that most businesses can print out financial statements or something called a an income statement or a PL or a balance sheet. It's quite amazing to me how few of the business owners really understand what they have and the information that's sitting on those forms, on those reports. And whether or not the information that's sitting on the reports is accurate, whether it tells a good story or not a good story, or uh, what story does it tell. And I have a fair amount of familiarity with numbers and, and uh, financial constructs where I'm able to take a look at those and uh, understand a lot about a business pretty quickly by looking at their current financial situation. So let, let's say you came across a business where you're looking at their P&Ls and you see a bad part of the story that they're not aware of. Where do you go from there? How do you, how do you take that from where you're at? Do you break it to them <laughs> in a real uh, subtle way or how do you, how do you go about handling that? Well, carefully is the answer uh, yeah. because every <laughs> business owner you know, they don't want to find out that the news isn't all good. Uh, they prefer not to find that out uh, <laughs> most of the time. It, actually, if I really asked them, they would say, no, I'd rather know than have it continue to fester and cause me a bigger problem later. I mean, that's the honest part about it. But it's still not an enjoyable moment when you discover that things are not as you thought. So uh, I try to be careful. I try to ask questions, careful questions to determine what are they aware of and what are they not aware of? And uh, one of the things when you're uh, experienced at looking at financial statements, you learn to look at things like ratios and you tend to understand percentage of uh, revenue in employment or rent or depending on the type of business, could be food costs, could be uh, occupancy costs. Um, you notice things like uh, certain kinds of insurance that are that are recorded as very low or very high numbers that should be something different because you know I'm more aware of and alerted to kind of the value of such things. You start learning about uh, uh, asset uh, depreciation and and uh, you start looking at expense controls and bottom line operating profits as a percentage of revenue and all those kinds of things. You kind of take a quick look at them and you get a pretty good picture of what you have. And then the other really is I look at the construction of the financial statements to determine whether they've been constructed for actually managing the business or whether they've just been constructed for filing a tax return. 
it is really, really, really common for small business owners to have their financial statements constructed purposely for just filing a year-end tax return. And very few of them actually have them constructed in such a way that it gives them useful information for managing their business on a uh, systematized uh, process, being able to look at their numbers, whether it's on a, depending on the kind of business you have, daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, uh, at the very least, a perspective to determine, okay, how are we doing in what areas and what things are going well, what things are not going so well, and how can we tell the difference? An example of this would be, it's not uncommon for a lot of small businesses to have one top line sales or revenue number. They don't break it down from their channels of, of revenue. They don't break it down from the different types of revenue. There's various ways to do this. And depending on the kind of business you have, you might segment your revenue based upon different methods for determining where am I getting my revenue from? Am I getting my revenue from customer type A, customer type B, or it may be from uh, a, a type of business that I'm doing. I may be doing sales and rentals of something, and I want to know the difference between my revenues and sales, my difference in revenues and rentals. So there's all sorts of reasons why, depending on the individual business, we might want to construct the financial statements, particularly the profit and loss statement in this case, so that it will tell a better story and we'll understand. If you're in the construction world, for example, let's say you're a contractor and you build fences and you build decks. If you have one revenue number, you don't know how much of that's fences and how much of that's decks. And so you'd want to know the difference between those two. And then here's the second piece, and that is putting together correlating what we call cost of goods sold accounts so that the cost of goods sold directly offset the revenue account that it's associated with. So when I do this, I not only know what my revenue is from the decking and the revenue is from the fences, but I also understand my cost inputs to each one. And I know what my gross profit levels for each of those types of businesses are that I'm doing if I just simply construct my financial statements in a way that'll give me those numbers right away. Wow, that's great stuff. Now, off of that, once a business owner has gone through the process with you on this, because obviously it's not something most of them are trained on or even completely can wrap their minds around. Right. So after they've gone through that process, what's the ideal end game for them? What, what do they have at the end after going through that with you? Well, uh, this particular thing we're talking about is just simply a financial analysis. What they'll have at the end is I will have told them what their current state of affairs are and they can then decide whether they want those types of improvements or they don't want those types of improvements. Every business owner makes their own decisions, right? And yeah. so they do or they do not want those types of improvements. If they do want those types of improvements, then the next question is, is their current service provider ready, willing, and able to provide those services or do they need to change their service provider? Because it's not uncommon that people discover at that point uh, particularly if there's a number of inaccuracies in the financial statements that maybe they need to change their, their service provider. There's a lot of service providers out there and unfortunately not all of them are great. Many of them are, but not all of them are great. And so when you find out that you've been doing business with somebody who is maybe technically competent, but they haven't been paying attention or they haven't been as sensitive to your needs in your businesses you need them to be, to be really a partner is a service provider in your business. And so now you're awakened to this reality. And the next thing to decide is whether you're going to have a conversation with your current service provider 
and try to make corrections or whether or not you think the circumstances are such that it's time to find a new service provider. And here's again is another opportunity for us to help them. The reality is if you're a business owner and you uh, let's say you went into business because uh, you particularly do something well, repair cars, you're not an automobile repair facility and you are particularly adept at diagnosing and repairing the automobiles, but you don't know anything about financial reporting and, and uh, recording and reporting. You don't really understand bookkeeping. You don't really understand accounting. So how do you choose a bookkeeper? How do you choose an accountant? If you really don't have the tools to vet such a discipline. And so we can help them do this because of our experience and our capabilities, we can help them understand whether or not the people that they're engaged with or potentially considering actually have the skills, ability, and experience to be able to provide them what they need. But furthermore, there's another characteristic, and that is character. Making sure that the service providers have the kind of character personally or in, or in their company that will be actually concerned about the clients and their businesses to make sure, making sure they're paying attention to all the details that need to be paid attention to. It's, um, it's unfortunate that we have found in our analysis over the many years we've been doing this, that there's very few small businesses that have accurate financial statements uh, that they're using to report the financial condition of their business. And there's most commonly when they go to file their taxes, the person that they're engaging with to prepare their tax returns, whether it's themselves doing it or whether they're hiring it out, most commonly it's hired out. What they're doing is providing information to a service company that is going to input data without verifying a lot of the numbers because of the level of service that the business owner has chosen to pay for. Unfortunately, they put themselves in a position by not paying for a little higher level service so that the service provider is not really checking what the inputs are to what's going into creating those year-end tax returns. And so we found a fair number of errors in the financial statements that are used to prepare the tax returns. And therefore, the tax returns, since they're not being scrutinized and not paying the service provider to scrutinize them, uh, uh, have a lot of errors in them as well. And the tax preparers are mostly capable of helping them with this. But unfortunately, for some reason, small business owners have not been willing to pay for those levels of services that could really protect them if they were actually to be selected for an audit or something that would cause them potentially really challenging outcomes. Okay, let's take a break from that conversation. I wanted to bring up a question for you. During these crazy times, do you feel like your business is indestructible? Most people don't. And if not, the real question is why? And what can you do to make it as indestructible as possible? Well, that's the basis of my new book, Nine Ways to Amazon Proof Your Business. Let me talk about what we discuss in the third chapter, the third way for you to Amazon proof your business, which is be different. In the third chapter, I go into really how do you put yourself out there and be seen as unique where you really don't even have competition. And there's ways of doing this. In fact, I talk about two specific books that you should go out and get. And these aren't difficult books to read. These are fun books. 
books that will inspire you and give you creative juices necessary to be able to really stand out and be different. You don't have to be wacky. You don't have to be outrageous, but you do have to appear different. And if you can appear different from everyone else out there, not only will you not have the competition of Amazon.com, you won't have any competition. But I also have eight other ways to Amazon-proof your business. Basically, the idea of making it competition-proof to even someone as big as Amazon.com. So if you'd like to get your hands on a free copy of my book, go to AmazonProofBook.com. Sign up and you will get a free copy and get the chance to purchase a physical copy of it for a special price. In addition to that, if you happen to be in the Josephine County area or nearby, and you're looking to have a speaker come and discuss these type of issues with your organization, club, or group of friends, then I have a limited calendar that I may be able to fit you into. Go check out brianjpombo.com speaking and fill out the application. We'll be sure and get back to you on that. And now let's get back to our show. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's just because they haven't been hit hard with it yet? And so they just don't know the dangers that await them? I think it's a combination of things. So I think one is if you do things for a long enough time and you don't have a problem, you just assume it's going to keep sailing along just fine. So I think that's one key component as to why things happen the way they do. Another one I think is if you're in the business back to the automobile repair business and that's what you like to do, what you don't enjoy what you're not familiar with, what you're not comfortable with is financial recording and reporting. And so that's a, it's a, a bit of a scary environment for you to be in. And so you simply just say, I'm going to trust other people to do it. But you don't know if the people you've hired to do it with you and for you are people you can actually trust sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, then when they try to talk to their clients, because I've spoken a number of them as well, the financial services providers, um, oftentimes we'll talk with their clients and say, I recommend this, or I recommend that. And the owners oftentimes are reticent to pay a little extra for those services that that would really benefit them in the long run and uh, provide them with an education. Number one, I suggest that everyone with their, their uh, tax preparer, I think you should have a meeting with them every quarter and you should be after each quarter, uh, get your financial statements for the quarter done at the very latest sit down with your tax preparer and say, okay, what's our trajectory? What do you think we need to do? Are we putting the right amount of uh, income taxes aside, number one? Are, uh, are we uh, managing our cash flows well? I mean, these are the kinds of discussions that we should be having with those folks uh, because most of them can help us out quite a bit if we would take the time to learn and receive from them what they are very capable of providing. Mm. Oh, that's, a, that's a great point. You know, we've spent a little bit of time here talking about the financial analysis. So you mentioned a handful of other things that you do. What would you say is the part of your job that you enjoy the most? What what process do you really get into the most? Is this the financial analysis? No, it's not just financial analysis. We do quite a few things. I was just using that as an example. We yeah. we help businesses build teams significantly. We have helped businesses analyze their current. Uh, insurance portfolios to make sure they're properly covered. We have helped businesses develop marketing plans and strategies for marketing their business. Sometimes it's sales plans and strategies. Sometimes it's training plans for their existing team. Sometimes it's 
uh, finding and acquiring third-party service providers that would augment their business in one way or another. Uh, there's a lot of different things that we do. It, it, so we start off with a with a deep dive business analysis for the whole business, if that's something the owner wants us to do. Sometimes the owner calls us in for a very narrow channeled request. Mm -hmm. Other times it's for, hey, take a look and tell me what you think and, and uh, give me your feedback and we'll see where that takes us. And so we can do a, a pretty extensive deep dive in a lot of ways to try to help them in most any way in their business. The one thing that we don't do is we don't do coding. We're not IT people. Uh, we are not technology experts. I say that with a caveat. And that is, I also helped one client who uh, was paying way too much for her recurring expenses for her IT and internet services. And as I took a look at what she was doing uh, and analyzed her business, I was able to discover how to um, upgrade her systems and change her enterprise resource processing system or ERP system and change her financial recording and reporting systems and uh, upgrade her website and integrate all of them and be able to provide her with a website now in her business she is in the needle arts business. And when you're buying yarns and things, you wanna buy them all from the same dye lot when you're making a project so that you don't get slightly different hues in the same sweater, for example. And so most of the time, however, the clients, when they go online, can't buy the yarn by dye lots. Well, we help this business develop, this woman developed for her business, a uh, website that had the full capabilities of now having the, customers search online by dye lot all of the different yarns that she carried and purchased them by dye lot and she to my knowledge she's the only one in the country with that such capability now and it's integrated with her erp system and it's integrated with her financial recording and reporting system so not saving her a lot of time because every day she was spending many hours doing the manual work because the integrations weren't working in her old systems mm. and we cut her we, we cut her recurring costs by two thirds. And we were able to find the money to pay for the project in a place that she didn't think she could access capital. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> so it takes a wide variety of analysis to be able to discover yeah. these things. And, and with all those things, it, do you just enjoy the variety of it or is there certain areas that you enjoy more? You know, I do enjoy the variety of it, but I think more importantly, I enjoy helping the people who are behind the businesses. I mean, every business has a personality because of the people who are the owners of the businesses and the people who are working in the businesses. And when you are in a community and you can really help businesses succeed and thrive, then you're helping your community thrive as well. The business owners do better. The employees of the companies do better. Um, the community then does better. And I think that's really what I enjoy more than the tactics or even developing the strategies. Although I am interested in those things, I think it's more about what happens as a result of finding real results for these folks. Oh, that's great. If you could change one thing about what you do in your position, what would it be? Choose to find a way to be more connected in the community that I now live and work that I'm not. I come from out of town. I've only been here for 14 years. And as long as that sounds, it still is quite young for this area. 
And I think uh, if I could be more well-known so that more people knew that we could help them in these ways, I think that would be beneficial mutually. The clients would benefit. And I think I would really enjoy that. And I would benefit as well. Oh, that's great. Is there any particular type of person that you think you'd love to meet the most, or you think would get the most benefit out of meeting you? Business owner that probably, it has a business probably uh, between a million and $10 million in revenue, uh, probably has a minimum of five or six employees, and is a person who's interested in some amount of value building for their business, growth and development, strategic solutions, or they may have a challenge that they're facing right now that's a particular pain point or struggle that they want to have solved. And they want to have solved not just interimly, but permanently. They want to have a real valuable solution that is going to be helpful to them in the long run. This oftentimes comes up in human resource circumstances where now they've suddenly got a conflict that they want to manage. And so they sometimes they want to just focus on the immediate conflict, but they don't want to focus on how they arrived at the conflict. And sometimes opening their eyes to how did we arrive at this conflict? What could we have done to maybe avoid this? And going forward in the future, what things can we change in the company that would make it so that this is not only going to be less likely, but the employees that we're not having conflict with, we can actually augment our relationships with and our relations with so that they feel better about working here. They are more engaged working here because now they can realize that we're paying attention to some areas that maybe we didn't in the past that are important to them. Oh, that's great. That's exciting. So we're talking here on the cusp of the new year for those of you listening (laughs) that may be listening to this way in the future. I want to ask you though, Todd, from where we're standing now and where we're going ahead, what are you most excited about in your business? I am most excited about trying to find the kinds of connections that I can in our community that I can help. That's what I'm most excited about. There are things, you know, year end comes with two uh, sides of the, of the same coin that you have to deal with. It's shoring things up for the end of the year before the final date passes, because many things you have to have done by the 31st of December or you lose the opportunity. Uh, not everything, but many things. And the planning for the next year now really needs to be the horizon of what you set your eyes on and looking up instead of just down and trying to say, where do I want to go? What is my strategic initiatives? What are my goals? What do I want to accomplish? And how am I going to get there? And if I need help with that, who would I call? How would I even know that I need help with it? Um, People who want to discover the things that they don't know that they don't know are always the best kinds of clients to work with because they're interested learners. They're interested in development personally and professionally. And those are always the best clients to work with if you can find them uh, for certain. And they're the ones who are, as they learn, going to be the greatest beneficiaries of their investments in themselves and their businesses and their employees. Their employees Mm -hmm. are also going to benefit greatly. Their third-party stakeholders are going to benefit greatly. it's really a domino effect and how it really multiplies in the community. Oh, that's great. Uh, what, what do you think are the obstacles standing in your way of, of getting where you want in the next year? Tremendous amount of uh, noise coming at people at all times. Today, we are so inundated with the amount of 
proactive communications coming our way, whether it's uh, internet or social media, it is, uh, and networking groups and mailers and all the things that come our way. How do you choose which ones to even read and pay attention to? And so I think that's the, the biggest challenge for me. And I'm trying to decide the best way to go about connecting with those folks in our community where I can make it known that I could potentially be helpful to them and they could be helpful to me and we could together could be helpful to their employees. And again, back to the community as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. That That's great. Uh, as we wind down the conversation here a little bit, I just wanted to see, is there anything I haven't asked you that you'd like to answer? Anything you haven't asked me that I would like to answer? I would, uh, boy, what an open-ended question that yeah. <laughs> requires, requires some real thought. <laughs> it's certainly not a narrow enough scope to be able to grasp something right off the shelf. Um, you know, I don't, I, I, nothing comes to top of mind, I would say, okay. just to start with. But I would say um, the question for coming forward in 2023, that's probably on a lot of small business people's minds, is the uncertainty about what's going on in the economy is probably the, the biggest challenge in people's minds right now. And I just want to encourage people to realize that with every season like this, there are also opportunities. And it's important that we try to look for the opportunities and seize upon those rather than becoming disabled by the fears that can potentially overcome us by a lot of the news that's out there about what the potential might be for what's coming in the economy. So the reality is we've been through these things before, we have weathered them before, and some people have really thrived in them before. And you can become one of those people that really thrive in them if you do the things that need to be done to be different, to make yourself set apart, to make yourself a cut above, to give yourself some uniqueness in the marketplace, and maybe even develop some monopolistic characteristics where you have the ability because you're providing value-added services that are meaningful to people that you can charge and make the kind of profits that you need for the sustainability and profitability of your business. So I would encourage people to, instead of becoming fearful about what's ahead, become excited about the potential opportunities and discover the ways that you can maybe even reinvent parts of your business such that they would be able to take advantage of the opportunities that will be in front of us in 2023. That, that's a great outlook. That, that's a great way of to cap a lot of this off. So I appreciate that, Todd. Uh, can you let everybody know if they'd like to find out more about you or get or get to know you better or be able to talk with you, how would they go about doing that? What's the easiest way? Uh, website, tmtbsi.com. You can email us, todd at tmtbsi.com. Or you can call me at area code 760-445-6091. And we would love to take your call. We do provide initial consultations for free. Sometimes people just have a question they need to ask. They need to get some good professional advice, something of that nature. We are happy to help out a lot of businesses in the community. I know I said our target clients are a million to $10 million with a certain number of employees, but I've helped lots of startups, lots of small businesses, uh, do a lot of things uh, over the past few years because I'm just interested in helping people in our community. And I know people sometimes just need help. Thanks so much, Todd. I know from talking with you before, it's like every time I hear you speak, you cover another aspect of your experience and your knowledge base. So 
there's always more to discuss and I can't wait to, to have you on again to be able to talk some more on this. Uh, but in the meantime, thanks so much for being on Grants Pass VIP. Brian, thanks for having me. It was a real pleasure. So I met Todd previously. He was uh, introduced to me from Lisa McLeese Kelly and we're going to have her on the show for sure here in the future real soon. But he really impressed me with a lot of background, a lot of history in the field of business. And even in the field of human psychology and how people think and how they function, I always find it really interesting to have conversations with him. And he's so well-spoken, which makes him a great podcast guest because, man, he really knows how to carry it and tell a story and get you involved in, in what real solutions look like when you're looking to solve issues within the field of business. He's an example of real gold that is hidden here in Southern Oregon. And what I mean by that is the type of people that are just amazing people. And they could be walking down the street next to you. They could be going to the growers market with you. And you just don't know. You don't know until you start digging a little what's underneath the surface. And Todd's one of those people that's very unassuming. You'd never think in a million years that here's this brilliant mind that could really help you with your business. So do everything you can to reach out to other people, to find out more about people that you're meeting or that you're running into on a daily basis, because we've got some amazing people all around us in this area. And it's, it's important that we get to know each other and really put each other to work because we can help each other. We can make a difference for each other. And I haven't found that type of giving attitude everywhere that I've lived as I have found here in Josephine County and Grants Pass. Join us again on the next Grants Pass VIP brought to you by the team at brianjpombo.com helping movers and shakers in Southern Oregon and beyond stand out. That's B-R-I-A-N-J-P-O-M-B-O.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest or a sponsor on Grants Pass VIP, Go to grantspassvip.com forward slash contact. Guests who appear on the show do not necessarily endorse the opinions of the host or sponsors. The theme music is Fun Shot by Kevin McLeod. Our host is a Grants Pass resident and business strategist, Brian Pombo. I'm executive producer, Shawnee Douglas. Until next time, live rogue and have fun.